Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome again. My name is Joey. I'm the lead pastor right here at the Block Church. I want to welcome all of our locations, physical and online. We're glad you're with us. And uh, I've got a special guest with me today. Uh, why don't you tell us who you are? My name's Dennis. That's with one N. And I'm 17, and I've been coming here for a year now. All right, a year. Dennis with one N, 17, coming here for a year. Dennis, what do you do around the Block Church? I help serve Teardown, and I'd be outside greeting people coming in. All right. If Dennis can serve, Dennis with one N, so can you. There we go. All right, Dennis, you got your own mic now. What's going to happen? Does it work? Yeah, there you go. Uh, Dennis, I do want to ask you, uh, as a student here at the Block Church, how did you get connected uh, to our church? And did you know Jesus before you came? Uh, yeah, I grew up in a Russian Pentecostal church. Uh, I ended up leaving it. And then my sister's boyfriend's family came uh, to this church and they invited my sister. And then she dragged me in here. And nothing special, but he knew what he was doing. And then I've been here for came here for like maybe three months and uh, had my like one-on-ones and wrestles with God until I finally decided to surrender to him in my room and had a supernatural and tangible experience with him. Wow. Amen. So, so in, my, in my notes here, what I understood is that you, you were at uh, a church, uh, you know, kind of growing up a, a family church, historical, but, but you, you really weren't connecting with God there. You came and you began to wrestle with God for a long time. And then God meets you in your room by yourself. It's so powerful because what we're trying to do is help you connect with God here corporately, but then live that out with God throughout the week. And I love that that happened. Uh, Dennis, what, what did God do in your life at the guys retreat? Guys, which was awesome. Um, he poured his spirit out on Saturday in the worship night, but um, uh, I was struggling with stuff before the block, I mean, the retreat, and um, I was believing God to um, for those things to help me during the block retreat, but um, and there are certain things I couldn't do on my own, so he put me in that position uh, so I wouldn't have to do it alone, and it was awesome to be with other men of God, praying with them and breaking down altars together. <laughs> That's great. Dennis basically saying, you know, at this guy's retreat, other guys surrounded me and helped me get to my breakthrough. Yes. I love that. Dennis, last question uh, before I preach God's word. Is there anything you wish other young people, other teenagers would know? Um, you can trust God. Um, in this day and age, people be having trust issues just like me. But um, Hebrews 13 verse 8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's the only one we could actually put our trust in. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for Dennis one more time. Every location, Dennis, thank you. I got to preach now, brother. All right. Well, hey, let's get into God's word. Uh, we are in week 10 of our, wow, a lot of switcheroos here. 
We are in week 10 of our series, POV, where we are studying uh, the words of Jesus. And uh, Dennis, with one N, took my joke time. I usually like to make a joke. So we're going to jump right in, Matthew 19 and uh, verse 13. Let's read. Uh, One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Today, I want to preach a message to you, and I want to title it, A Kid Again. A Kid Again. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, speak to us and help us be like children so we can inherit the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it was a a Jewish custom to bring uh, children to the elders of the temple uh, in the evening on the day of atonement, which would be Yom Kippur, which is the most important holiday in the Jewish faith. You repent, you make amends for your sin, plus there's a 25-hour fast. But uh, in this scenario, we see the disciples uh, freaking out a little bit because, man, we don't want to bother our famous rabbi. We don't want to. We don't want to interrupt uh, what's happening here. We've got momentum. Uh, we don't want the children uh, to scare off the crowds, to bore the people. Uh, we don't want the children to interrupt. Jesus and and the miracles that are happening. We we don't want the children to be an inconvenience. But I think it's important to note, especially about Jesus' character, that he was the kind of man that children liked. And children, friends, are often an astute judge of character. There is something internally that kids just kind of know. Now, it's easy to deceive children, But I'm just telling you, sometimes kids can look in somebody's face and know, I don't want to be around that clown. Bible says Jesus laid hands on them. He blessed the children. This is obviously not a perverted thing. This is a spiritual thing. The laying on of hands is used biblically as a way to bestow blessing on others. We see it in Acts 6.6, we see it in Acts 8.17, we see it in 1 Timothy 5.22, we see it in 1 Timothy 1.6. This was a spiritual act to bless the children, to dedicate the children. I want to make a few statements today. Here's the first one. I'm going to make three of them. You should internalize this, maybe write it down, but here's what I'm seeing here, that children and students are a gift. I'll say it again if you didn't, amen, that children and students are a gift. And if you don't agree with me, let's look at Psalm 127 verse 3 that the Bible says children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. 
how blessed we are that in every single location at our church, we have children. How blessed we are that in every location of our church, we have teenagers. How blessed you are that in probably every person in this room, you probably have a connection with a child one way or another. But you may not be a biological parent or you might be a young adult uh, where children are not part of your normal life or maybe you're a grandparent now and you live a little bit further away from kids and you feel like, oh, maybe I'm not as connected to this, but friends, there are many ways to serve children and honor the gift of children and students. It does not have to be biological. I think we undervalue adoption. And I just want to encourage you, amen. I want to encourage you that uh, if adoption hasn't been part of uh, your life, but you've even thought about it, maybe the Holy Spirit dropped it in your heart. Uh, would you explore that further? Another way to serve kids and youth is to serve in ministry. Another way to be a part of this reward is to support other parents and offer free babysitting. I'm just kidding. You don't, it don't have to be free. But maybe once in a while. <laughs> Yesterday I had, I was doing a wedding and Lauren was like, when are you going to be home in caps lock? And I'm like, I'm just serving the Lord, you know, like <laughs> she's like, okay, I'm going to show you serving the Lord. <laughs> These children won't be here when you get back and neither will I if you don't come relieve me. <laughs> They're a gift, but sometimes parents need some relief. Uh, there are other ways to serve and honor the gift of children and youth, teaching, administration, helping kids by mentoring them, by being tutors to them, by giving your giving enables us to do far more than one person can do individually. If you are able to be in a relationship with a child or a student, this is a reward. And I want our church to see children and youth as gold, not an inconvenience. They are a special gift. They are a reward. They are a blessing to steward. And Jesus feels the same way. We have a responsibility to make room for children and students to come to Jesus. And we may not say it and we may not act like it, but when we don't participate, in the support of children and students, we're doing exactly what the disciples do and did. They got in the way and they started scolding others and became a barrier rather than a pathway. It is the responsibility of every person who hears my voice online, in person, at locations, center city, wherever you are. It is our responsibility to make room and make a way for students and children to encounter and experience the touch of Jesus in their life. We have youth on first Fridays 
and our students have an Instagram page. In fact, there's a photo that you can see so that you can follow that page or send that page to a student you know so that you can pray over. You should follow that page and every time you see something, pray over our students. Bring them on Friday nights. Okay, I get it. I get it. Right now, we've got one gathering place for student ministry. At some point, as we fulfill here to stay, that may change. It might turn into more, right? We need bigger spaces, all those things. But, but you know what? Inconveniencing, inconveniencing yourself to, to round trip 45 minutes so that a kid can encounter Jesus and hear a message from Pastor Xavier or one of our other youth leaders... Like in eternity, your 45 minutes and your little bit of extra gas ain't gonna matter, but it will matter to the student whose life changes. And because we are doing free babysitting, we have a youth lock-in coming up. On April 28th and 29th, this is 15 hours of safe insanity, worship games, activities, and more. Get your students there. We also have kids ministry, as you know, every single week. I'm not gonna belabor this, but don't show up to church 15 minutes late. I know it's hard. I know it's hard, parents, but get there and get there on time so kids can experience the fullness of the presence of God. And so you can too. Go pick up a neighborhood kid. This is a great way, by the way, if you know a parent in the area and you're friends with a parent, ask them if you can take their kid to kids ministry and say, if they're not willing to come to church with you, cool. Say, I'll give you two hours of free babysitting and you don't have to do anything. You're just dropping them off. Look at how that worked. We also have our kids' Facebook page and YouTube channel. And I wanna encourage again, parents, please jump on our kids' Facebook page and our YouTube channel so you don't ever miss anything that's going on. All right, moving on. Matthew 18. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Interesting to me that Jesus didn't point at Peter or John or even himself, even though we know Jesus is the kingdom, right? But, but, but he, doesn't, he doesn't point, of course, I'm meaning, meaning the way to the kingdom, but he doesn't, he doesn't point to any of these people. Jesus invites and holds a child and says, this right here is the greatest. I'll ask you a question. Um, uh, if you were in the presence of Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, uh, or uh, if you were in the presence of Tom Brady, okay? Or if you were in the presence of, you know, uh, Tiger Woods or someone clearly great or the greatest. Notice I didn't say LeBron because he's not the greatest. <laughs> or Nick Foles. 
Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Stop. Or, or even being in, in the same room as me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you're in the room with somebody great, you know, there is a level of, of automatic honor. Uh, there's a level of automatic reverence where, where, where somebody has become great at something or worked really hard at something and there's just a level of respect. And Jesus is going, hey, the greatest in the kingdom the greatest in all the kingdom, like the only thing that matters, by the way, is Christ and his kingdom. And the greatest in the kingdom is a child. Do we bring that sort of honor and respect and protection over children, over students? You know, I read this, this may or may not be true, but I, I saw this in church history that, that the, the, the child that Jesus is holding here uh, grew to be Ignatius of Antioch, who in later days became a great servant of the church, a great writer, and finally he became a martyr for Christ. Clark, who's a theologian, uh, indicates that this tradition comes from the Christian writer Nicephorus, who says that Ignatius was killed by Trajan in AD 107. Now, whether this is true or not, it is in Christian history, or, 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 or it, it is, it is it written in, in some history, but I do think whether it's true or not, it does enumerate a point that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And children and students will rise to the level in which we call them. We must call our children higher and prophesy over our kids and students. Let's, let's hear what that means, man. Let's prophesy to them that they're going to change the world. Let's prophesy and declare that they are children of God. Let's prophesy that they're going to be generous and wealthy and make a difference. Let's prophesy that they're going to break the cycles. Let's prophesy that they are going to be champions. Let's prophesy that they're going to be prophets to the nations. Let's prophesy that they're going to reach their communities. Let's prophesy that they're going to be different and that's okay. Let's prophesy that they're going to live and not die. Let's prophesy that they're going to be pure and holy, that they're righteous, that they're called, that their hands are anointed. Man, let's prophesy and declare that they are the greatest in the kingdom. And let's prophesy to ourselves that we better become like kids again. I want to make another statement. Some of you may not, may not like this, but I have to say it because my job is not to make friends. It's to get you to heaven. And we must protect children and students at all costs, at all costs. And Jesus writes in verse five, and anyone who welcomes a child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. But if you cause one of the little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned to the depths of the sea. 
God takes it so seriously that we don't mess with children and youth. And Jesus uses this idea of a massive stone that would sink you immediately to the bottom of the ocean. So woe unto you who sexualizes children and supports it. Woe unto you who abuses and harms children. Woe unto you who exposes young people to violence, drugs, and drink. Woe unto you who is casual with young people. This is not a game and God is not to be mocked. In this church, listen to me. In this church, we will not stand for pornography in our schools. In this church, we will not endorse drag story hour. In this church, we will not celebrate mutilating, mutilating children who can't even vote, drink, or sign up for the military and whose brains are still developing. We will not tell boys and girls they aren't boys and girls. We will not preach a fake gospel of sexual confusion. We will not be a part of kids not living their life to the fullest. We will have tough conversations and create a safe place for our kids to ask questions. We will treat them as if they are the greatest in the kingdom. And we will not play politics with our kids. And we'll not play games with our kids because as Jesus says, woe unto you. Mess with our children and students. Woe unto you. It would be better, Jesus says, to tie stone and put it around your neck. Now, I want to say something. There is grace and mercy for the worst of sinners. And if you have done these things, forgiveness is available for you. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. If you confess your sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. As I close, I want to reread our point of view passage today. Matthew 19, 14. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. In Matthew 18, as we just read, Jesus asked the question, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And he points to kids. Jesus is saying for us, listen to me, this is, this is for you. For us to grow and mature in Jesus, you get to become a kid again. How many of you would love to just be a kid again? To just have a little more fun? have a little less stress, to think that money grows off trees. I'll just ask mom and dad. I was at the worship night and I was just wrestling because I'm like thinking about our next step with our broadcast facility and how absurdly and obnoxiously expensive it is. And, and I wrote down in my journal, I felt like God was like, hey, how would your son, how would Maverick approach you about what he needs? And my thought was like, well, it depends what he needs. Does he need it or does he want it? I felt like God was like, well, let's define need. And it brought me to, 
to Mark chapter 11, verse 22. The Bible says, and Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. And I thought about that and then God gave me another illustration. My son thinks he has the force, you know, from Star Wars. Because the other day we were in this, we were in this building and, um, and, and he like put his hand out, like, to use the force and the door opened. Now, I don't know if somebody opened it from the other side or if it was like an automatic, but the door opened. He said, dad, I just used the force. I said, man, it's awesome, man. And I'm like, man, look, you don't, like I didn't tell him this, but I'm like, you don't have the force. You might be anointed like your dad, but you don't have the force. But I was thinking about that in the context of this, this passage, and I heard this theologian talk about how misused this passage is. Because a lot of people just think that decreeing and declaring and call things that are not as though they are and telling mountains to move, that they're just going to move. And you've probably tried it. But going back to need, the thing is, is what Jesus is referencing is the kingdom of God. He's referencing the mountains that need to move so that the kingdom of God can advance. So if you have a need in your life that is about the kingdom of God moving forward, then in Jesus' name, the mountains you need to move can move. That's where you use the force. That's where you get to see the spirit at work on your behalf. And, and it dawned on me that like what God was saying to me is, is, is you have this need. So speak to this mountain. This is not a want. This is a need for the kingdom to advance. Speak to the mountain and tell it to move. And imagine if all of us had this childlike faith, like Maverick had that childlike faith that God was putting on me, like, hey, you have a kingdom need. Speak to the mountain, tell it to move. But wait a second, the only way is if you're a kid again. Because Jesus is like, listen, you must really believe and have no doubt in your heart. And as we get older, we get jaded. As we get older, we get worried. As we, as we get older, we, we get disappointed. As we get older, we think about what didn't happen for us and how this person failed us and how we missed it here and we got regrets and as we get older. And so what happens is doubt creeps in and God our Father He's like, hey, my child, if you have a kingdom need, I want you to look at the mountain and I want you to throw away all the doubt. I want you to throw away all the things that could have been, should have been, wished it would have been. Stop worrying about that stuff. Like come to me as a child again. Come to me with childlike faith again. Put your hand up like you're Moses standing at the Red Sea and begin to speak to the mountains and tell them to move. And
And right now as a church at every location, I want to speak to some mountains and tell them to move in Jesus' name for the kingdom's sake. Right now, I speak to the mountain of facilities and I tell them to move for the sake of the kingdom. I speak to the mountain of sickness that's keeping you. I tell it to move for the sake of the kingdom. I speak to the mountain of fear and I tell it to move for the sake of the kingdom. I speak to the mountain of shame and I tell it to move for the sake of the kingdom. I speak to the mountain of godlessness against our children. I tell it to move in Jesus' name. I wonder if I have somebody at the block church that would speak to a mountain and tell it to move. Jesus, your kingdom, your will be done. Make us like kids again. Make us like kids again. Give us that kind of faith so that we can see the great things in the kingdom. Would you stand to your feet all over this room? Bow your head, close your eyes. You can be mad at me all you want. I'm just the messenger. I'm just hearing from God and reading God's word. All I want to do is push you into the kingdom of God, nudge you into the kingdom of God. And there are people here today that you've got sin in your life, people online, people at locations. You have sin in your life and you're not where you need to be with Jesus. Maybe you've never begun a relationship with God or you've wandered off. Well, today his love is leaving the 99 to come get you. So if that's you at a location, you're far from God, you've got sin in your life, you need to get right with God, you want to begin a journey with God, all I want you to do is raise your hand and wave at me. So if that's you today, right now, far from God, or we want to begin a journey with God, would you wave at me right now? All over locations, people are saying, I'm far from God. I need to get right with God. I've got sin in my life. I want to start a journey with God at locations. Wave at me now. Come on, wave it, wave it, wave it, wave it. Wave it up high. I see you. I see you. Help us, team. Help us, team. Thank you. I know that prayer teams are moving at locations to get books and hands. I see hands here at our broadcast location. I know that there are hands going up. Come on, keep it up until somebody gets near you. I'm going to lead us in a prayer today. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Can we say this church all together, one family to encourage those around us? Can we say, Jesus, I need you. And today I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me white as snow. And raise me to new life like you were raised. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. And be my King. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, we believe you are saved. Heaven is your destiny. Your best days are ahead. It may not get easier, but come on, it's gonna get better. Let's give God a praise for all those who cross a lot of faith today. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially wanna thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.